is Creepy Critters, a podcast where me and a guest talk about cryptids. Uh, today, we have a very lovely person, Roan. Hi, what's up? Nothing, nothing much. Yeah, we, we have an international affair today. Do, uh, very illicit. Yes. Well, we're going to be talking about uh, a, a creature. That is actually not too far from where I live, just a state over, and uh, a whole ocean for Roan. Which you know, in today's in today's uh, with today's technology, is is basically a hop skip, you know. From it is. There. I mean, with with today's technology, with social media, um, basically all the cryptids that I want to uh, get down and funky with, uh, are just a just a click away. And today we're going to be talking about the infield horror. Tell me about the infield horror. So this isn't one where, you know, there's a lot of, like, folklore and stuff about. It's mostly just one really long meandering report that I find uh, kind of funny. So it's going to be one of those episodes. Now, Personally, I cannot wait. You said you briefly heard about the infield horror, right? you're aware of it in some way i've done some i've done some cursory reading on it on um i'm a i'm a big crypt fan which is why i basically blackmailed my way onto this podcast um so you know i know i know bits and pieces about it yeah so this started in a small illinois town of enfield um and it pretty much just started a frenzy of fear and it began on the chilly night of April 25th, 1973, when a young boy named George, uh, it's not George, Greg Garnett claimed to be attacked by a bizarre beast while playing in his backyard. Greg described the being having no less than three legs, grayish, slimy skin, short claws, and reddish eyes. Uh, look, he can call me by name, alright? He can call <laughs> me by name. I have a name. Creature apparently stamped on the boy's feet with its own three apparently clawed foot-like appendages, tearing his tennis shoes to shreds. Greg, crying, wasted no time running, uh, running from the field and back into the relative safety of his parents' home. Now, I like the description of no less than three legs. Because you could say, you could say, you could say three legs, and that'd be like a nice specific endpoint. There's normally a, um, uh, a generally agreed amount of legs for cryptid. It's either four or two. I mean, three, you're getting a bit crazy there. And I think that's where the appeal is. You know, you've got a, a, a slimy tripod here. Um, and I think that's really kind of the grabbing point. It's just like the no less than three legs means it's three to infinity. Actually, yeah, that's true. Has it got like some some, some backup legs that it kind of deploys or something? Or no, it's just like normally I have three, but sometimes I put like you know six more on just for the shits and giggles. These are my party legs. <laughs> Sometimes is- I like sometimes I like to just be a mess of legs. Yeah, like you know, centipedes? I'm like that, but only sometimes. Although Young Greg's encounter was technically the first on record, and the one that brought this creature to notoriety. So he's the uh, start of a long line of uh, of hijinks from this uh this this crazy grey slimy boy. Yeah, apparently just a half an hour later though. One Henry McDaniel and his family came fa- came face to face with this unbelievable monster. Well, how did they react? Well, well, we'll get to it. It's a lot of detail, which makes me think maybe it's a lie. Well, I, I, I need, I need to know. I mean, I don't know. I think I could just skip to the end and you know not tell you. No, but no, no, please, so, no, please. <laughs> so at. 9.30 in the evening, the McDaniels returned to find their two children, Henry Jr. and Lil, terrified. The child claimed that a thing, 
that that's quotation marks. I did the verbal flourish of quotation marks there. I mean, I I got that, but I'm glad that uh, you had to. Uh, you made that clear. Yeah. Uh, tried to break into the house through the door and uh, and a window mounted air conditioner while the parents were gone. Mm. It was then that they all heard scratching sound at the front door. Scratching. That's very questionable quotation marks there. Assuming that there was assuming there was some sort of stray animal, McDaniels approached the door and opened it. It was the same red-eyed monstrosity that terrified his own children and assailed the Garrett children less than an hour before. McDaniel back, uh, backed away from the creature in horror and slammed the door, stumbling into uh, the nearby closet and retrieved a flashlight with his twenty-two pistol. Now, to be honest, that is how I often react when I get Jehovah's Witnesses at the door. Maybe it was just Jehovah's Witness. So, um, <laughs> I ha- so we have like some Jehovah Witnesses here. Like a, we have like okay. I don't know, like a temple, a Shabbalith or whatever they worship at. Um, uh, and on the bus stops, like occasionally, like there'd be like a Jehovah Witness like screed against like a person who wronged one of their members, <laughs> or like they will take like random like I like I I I think I posted some of uh some of on social media. I'll try to bring them up if possible Please or take do. pictures of them. But like it would be like like and is a whore and then it would have like a million like written out bible verses like explaining their reasoning. And it will be like sometimes sometimes it'll be like Anne and Dan and you know a couple other people who have ands in their name and uh and it would just be like it just looks like someone is a serial killer. That's really weird. Like, I think Jehovah's Witnesses are really weird anyway because they don't celebrate birthdays. I think that's really strange. Um, and they just, they, they hate fun, I guess. Drives it home for me that they're just like a bunch of oddballs. While his family waited, Henry returned to the door, threw it open, and revealed his first vision of this unbelievable beast has not be- was not a hallucination. Later, McDaniel described the beast to the police. So, so what, uh, before I get into this description, what, what were we going to say? So, um, it has three legs on it. A short body with two short arms coming out of its breast area. With two pink eyes as big as flashlights. It stood about four and a, feet, uh, four and a half feet tall. It was a grayish color. It was trying to get into the house. Oh no. Again, Jehovah's Witness. Um, but now it has three legs and two arms. So it's kind of slowly evolving as the night goes on, it seems. Well what if what if those two legs were were actually its uh was actually its breasts? I mean two arms. It was yeah, coming out of its breast area. Think, uh, yeah. Could be like really yeah. weird like grabby breasts. Well, the uh, the miracle of evolution, um, no, or it could have well, just been two arms. I think arms. It, it it takes in makes um, the whole no less than three legs makes sense because it does have no less than three legs. It has three legs and two uh uh boob arms, I guess. So McDaniel opened fire on the creature, hitting it immediately. But instead of falling to the ground, wounded or dead, which is not what you can do with at range with a 22 pistol. Okay. Uh, the horrible thing merely hissed like a wildcat at the frightened homeowner. Uh, Henry, who f- had fired four shots at the thing, assured everything, assured everyone, anyone who asked, that he had not missed his quarry. When I fired that first shot, I knew I hit it. So, like, this is what I kind of wanted to address. So, you said that it would hurt a lot, but it would not kill the thing. But it not necessarily. Like, no. Um, it seems like it hasn't even affected the thing, which kind of makes it, you kind of go, hmm, because if you're making it some kind of superhuman monster 
thing that defies the law of biology and gravity. I know that's the whole kind of thing about cryptids, but I think if you're like, oh, but his skin was like steel and it didn't even penetrate the thing or, you know, whatever, then it's kind of like you're just kind of whipping up hysteria a little bit. Like, oh, this thing can't be stopped by bullets. No, well, that's what I was thinking. Like, it's kind of, it's really weird to shoot a thing at short range with a gun like that. Definitely, Aren't if you're terrified, you? you can't say, "Oh yeah, I, I hear an awful bullet." I was also peeing myself. I was so afraid. Um, I, you know, there were there were tears. I was crying, but I definitely shot it. Trust me, I promise. Believe None me. Of the eyes that I used to aim. But the other eye, that's why I was crying. I closed that one because I was crying on it too much. I was just like, hey, I, I know you're scared, but we need to protect our children. You can have your moment later. And also, also, just like, just hear the sound of fragile masculinity coming from it. Be like, yeah, I hit it four times. I shot it four times at it each time. You may be wondering feel- why there was no, you may be wondering why there was no blood. But, uh, you know, again, like I said, uh, titanium, titanium skin. But trust me, the, the bullets are somewhere in there. I promise. Yeah, I, yeah <laughs> the bullet ricocheted me. back, the bullet ricocheted back at me, but I dodged it because I saw the spark. Uh, I, I, uh, saw it in the, the eye that I wasn't crying in, and I, I dodged it, and it conveniently went through out the back door. As unbelievable as it may seem, McDaniel claimed that the weird creature then tore off into the night, covering uh, covering an area about 50 feet in a series of just three astonishing leaps before disappearing into the brush uh, along the Ellen Inn railroad embankments in front of his house. We all know it. I mean, maybe this uh, this zoological... Um, mystery animal should um, apply to represent the US in the Olympics because it seems to have a real like long jump uh, you know talent to it I, mean, I really don't I really don't think you should be uh, judging these cryptids based on the fact that they try to kill people but rather their um, their athletic uh, we don't even know it tried to kill someone we don't know if it even tried to kill someone though he just wanted to borrow a cup of sugar. Exactly. He was just like, hey, it turns out like it, you know, it's scratching was like actually the way it communicates. It was scratching in Morse code. You know, these uh, uneducated, uneducated children did not know, can I borrow a cup of sugar in Morse code? Yeah, it's really their own fault. And uh, Henry, through his tears, could not tell that it was uh, being completely harmless. Because he was crying so hard. Yes. Well, oh, that one eye. Only the one eye. He was uh, crying yeah, because on... Uh, a... He wasn't crying on company time. Uh, McDaniel's... Uh, McDaniel promptly called the local authority, but the, uh, but when the Illinois straight, state trooper who responded to the call arrived at the scene, the only evidence of the encounter was a series of scratches in the siding of McDaniel's home. And dog-like footprints. In the- <laughs> what if it was just a three? What if it was just a three-legged dog and it was that's, really hungry and it just needed to be, you know? That's what I'm thinking. Like, it was probably just a really mangy animal, a really upsettingly mangy animal. You just shot that stray, I don't know, dog or cat or I don't know, maybe escaped zoo chimpanzee, judging by the picture on the side of the wiki. Um, and it's just kind of, it had to run off to die or something. Well, what made the print so unusual is the fact that it had six toe pads and that it presented a three-footed animal with one track being slightly larger, uh, slightly smaller than the others. So that could easily be just like a, like a wild cat that's missing a leg. um, I, I mean, I don't know what the, um. The, the fauna is like in rural in Illinois, but I guess like it could very easily just be like a, a wild cat or um, a, an animal that is not a wild cat. 
Well, I mean, six uh, six toe pads are are nothing. Like my cat has two toe pads that are six, have six of them. So you know, and sure, he had a sure he had a uh, uncle father. No, but you know, whatever. Yeah, my cat's like inbred. Is an inbred cat. It be like and that. We know it. Be- <laughs> it be like that, but it could be something polydactyl. Um, if McDaniel's is to be believed that his encounters with the un- uh, unknown were a thing of the past, he would soon realize he was sadly mistaken. So, so many twists and turns. On the eve of May 6th, he was startled awake in the dead of night by howling of some neighborhood dogs. He pulled himself out of bed once again and claimed his firearm and then opened <laughs> his front door. <laughs> this time... The encounter with the creature would not be so intimate. That's such a weird way to phrase it. It's just the, like, the one of the, the only thing that I had on this thing was written in such a weird fucking way. I just, I just had to keep it the way it was. It's just such a, the choice of word, like, intimate, like, you know, this time they weren't going to have, like, a sit-down meal, there wasn't going to be a little bit of cheeky footsie underneath the, uh, underneath the uh, table, and uh, this time, this time he wouldn't try to steal a kiss. And, and then he that was very shyly given. And uh, <laughs> it, it, they kissed in the rain underneath uh, a shared umbrella. And then um, the uh, the Enfield horror screeched and uh, uh, went into the night. And then he didn't get a call back, so you know. Yeah, that's that's why that's why he didn't. That's why he thought it was, uh, you know, a thing in the past. Yeah, he thought it was just a flash in the pan. Yeah, just a, um, just just a uh, two ships moving in the night. Well, he claims he watched uh, the thing at, at some distance, uh, negotiating the trestles of the railroad tracks near his home. I saw something moving out on the railroad track. There it stood. I didn't shoot at uh, shoot at it or anything. It started down the railroad track. It wasn't a hurry or anything. Just kind of. <laughs> it was just kind of. It was just kind of there. <laughs> I think it may. I think it may have just like was walking home after after a hard night of drinking. Probably needed to get a little fresh air so he could sober up before he, you know, went home to the wife and kids. Yeah, uh, get back on that daily grind. Uh, back at the office, he's gonna be like. I bet when he, uh, I guess we're, we're, we're gendering this, um, Enfield horror. Um, it, I don't know. I feel like Enfield is very, but Enfield horror is very impersonal. So, um, I think for the purpose of this, I'm going to call it Barry. So, like, when I think of the Enfield monster, yep. I think of someone's, like, large adult son <laughs> who just, like, never really, <laughs> who never really, like, you know, found his way. He just kind of exists in the world. He kind of exists in the world. Like, he's a hard worker, but, like, has no real ambition. So, like, you know, he's just kind of, he's just kind of there. Good friend, but also at the same time, not the first person you invite to your wedding. No, he's kind of like the guy you use to fill up the seats in the church. And Um, again, again, good guy, works hard, nothing objectable about him, but... Not not very good with long-term Like, because of that, he's kind of boring. He's kind of he's kind of boring, you know. Like even when you get to know him, yeah, it's not like the best. Yeah, it's kind of like he. You don't want to spend every day with him. Yeah, he's good for a hang here and there. Yeah, but as you long know, as you have something to do. You some f- yeah, you're not just gonna go over to the house and like just, you know just like talk and you know. And stuff like you have to have like a you have to you have to be watching something maybe playing some board games. Oh, he's a he's a killer bowler though. Oh, very good, good at bowling. bowling. You wanna? Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of this large adult son. Um, <laughs> by the way, that is like one of my favorite ways to describe someone. <laughs> Just large adult son <laughs> is amazing. I don't know why it makes me laugh so much. But definitely the less successful uh, child of his parents. Yes. 
Well, it's not as bad as my small mab- my my small mabel son Sonic. <laughs> we don't talk about <laughs> Sonic in this household. <laughs> so, uh so I did post I posted a picture like a few weeks ago. Um where someone did a redesign of the Paramount Sonic yeah. by just making it an actual hedgehog, and it was the cutest goddamn thing in the world. I love that. And I want them to do that. Just make him an actual hedgehog. That's yeah. like, that's, you know, like a shitty teen, mm. but at the same time, adorable. Just, just don't even make him talk. Just let a guy hang out with a hedgehog for like an hour and a half. And it's I've like a real movie. fast hedgehog. Not even that, just kind of like, just a hedgehog. <laughs> I would love that too, just a blue hedgehog, just like a little faster than the other hedgehogs, but like, you know, not that much faster. And, and like, you have like to wait a, for it. A five minute shot of it just kind of making its way through, I don't know, half a chili dog. You know it's not <laughs> good for the hedgehog, but you're like, well... <laughs> it seems to enjoy it. <laughs> Oh man, I want that movie more than anything. I just want like a hedgehog that's like a little smarter than other hedgehogs, a little faster. Yeah, but like you know, not that impressive, no. but real adorable. Oh yeah, and it has little red shoes on. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, imagine oh. how tiny, like bespoke those tiny, tiny little shoes would have to be. I love the idea that oh. somebody making like tiny tiny shoes for for hedgehogs and it's just kind of like it's it's a it's a thing. The fact that this random blue hedgehog can get a pair of Jordans or Air Nikes it's just like yeah that's it's commonplace. I mean have have you not seen a hedgehog before? It wears shoes. Get over it. I, I don't okay, so we're just rewriting the Sonic movie right now. <laughs> um like so the sonic movie i by the way i just watched detective pikachu and it was such an adorable movie oh i haven't watched it yet pulls- i'm really i really want to watch it i'm not saying it's anything i'm not it's i'm not saying it's not predictable i'm also not saying it's like the most amazing story in the world i am saying it's very adorable it will pull on your heartstrings oh, kind of what i want out of a pokemon definitely thing. afraid of mr mime in it cuz i've seen the trailers and there's something very primal about the fear I felt when looking at him. So apparently, apparently, um, Nintendo almost nicks Mixter Mind out of that movie. <laughs> because they thought it was too creepy, but honestly, the scene, like the actual scene with Mr. Mind is really funny and great. It It's kind of like the only, only Pokemon who would suit that scene, I guess. Yeah. Because it's one of the only ones I can actually like communicate in that way. Yeah. Um, God, they now, are the worst. Now I'm rewriting. Now, so so we're just. This is the, um, I guess the almost uh, weekly occurrence of Jesse tries to rewrite the Sonic movie. <laughs> Hi everybody, this is the um, video game movie fan cast. I'm I'm your host Roan, and this is uh, Jesse, and we're going to rewrite Sonic again. So, <laughs> so I think first off, we get an actual hedgehog, and we get like Animal Safe die, make it like a blue and everything. Yeah, yeah. But it's an actual hedgehog, a well-trained hedgehog too. Oh yeah, like you got a but an actual through hedgehog, hedgehog school. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we do. Uh, so it turns out. That James Marsden, I don't know what his name is. Also, he's not a cop because uh, fuck cops, oh, uh, they're fuck all cop. bad. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, so he's not, he's not a cop, uh, but he is an adorable man who loves making like tiny clothes for his pets, and he has tons of pets. Of course. Um, and and you see him, and uh, he made tiny bespoke like Jordans for his <laughs> for his. Uh, for his very fast, fast hedgehog, that's not and that fast, just, but faster than the other animals. Only slightly. Yeah, only slightly. And and, and it's just a movie about this like kind of lonely, kind of lonely man who's also extremely handsome. Of who I would totally kiss. 
I mean, um, it really like, doesn't he, make sense that he is lonely because he's he's relatively charming in a goofy way and he's very handsome and it's like it doesn't make sense but I'm willing to suspend my disbelief for this um this this movie coming of age there's tons of actually like actual very attractive people who are who are just alone for some reason like myself for example sure I I don't know how to respond to that in either way without it sounding like overly complimentary <laughs> or or creepy. So sure, Road. Sure. Welcome to my web of tracks. <laughs> Welcome. Road tricks Jesse into saying something that will sound awkward and make the relationship feel weird for some reason. And it was only because of Road. <laughs> this is a, this is a palace of my own design. This is why I'm alone. I just make people say weird things and they get put off from talking to me. I want to trap people into saying that I'm either attractive or not and then make them feel weird. (laughs) (laughs) How do you feel? Does it work? Did it work? Did it work? (laughs) Only a little bit. I know you well enough to talk to you on fairly friendly terms, (laughs) Roan. Oh, damn it. I'll get you next time. One of these days, one of these <laughs> days you'll get me. I do think I think it would be a movie about this lonely person like learning to love himself basically. Uh, like maybe he went through something tragic. He uses his like love for animals and and stuff as kind of a way to cope with it, but he's not doing it in a very healthy way. And then this blue hedgehog comes along um and it, they meet each other at a very vulnerable time because this Hedgehog just got cast out of his uh, hedgehog family for just being too, too fast and eating chili dogs yeah. and uh, wearing shoes, which and is. And not dying the next day because he ate a whole chili dog <laughs> and it's way bigger than those hedgehogs. It's a really uncomfortable movie to watch. <laughs> well, like, and, and uh, I think, I think, like, if you want to make it, like, heteronormative or something, you can make put, like, a love interest. Like, maybe, like, the hedgehog runs away. Oh, yeah. And by runs away, it's, like, slow but faster than, like, a normal hedgehog Yeah, slow would. but not as slow. Yeah. So, like, basically, like, slow, like fast enough that, like, it got out at night and it got to the neighbor's house fairly well. And the neighbor is, you know? uh, is a vet, a vet technician. Um, and uh, whoever it is, they see the... A hedgehog and it's like oh hey little buddy oh my gosh you're you're blue you're you've also got shoes uh come come into my house um this person is also a, a hoarder of um wild animals apparently because they didn't just leave a wild hedgehog out <laughs> um but they they bring it into the house um and give it not a chili dog because that that the, the no, would die. because that's insane, Road. <laughs> <laughs> that would be insane thing to give to any animal. Me. It's insane to give to most humans. Me squatting down to scream at hedgehog. <laughs> Why won't you eat it? When it refuses. <laughs> Here's a hot dog. And by the way, I put some spicy stuff on top of it, some cheese. Bon appetit, that will idiot. probably kill you. <laughs> <laughs> And and um, yeah, I think that's how we write it. It's a it's a kind of a like a kind of a like maybe like an hour and a half long like indie movie that has like slight romantic comedy tinges to it, but it's mostly about James Marsden and this like a magic pixie hedgehog, fast hedgehog I'm, that comes really into his into life it. and like. I like that a lot. I like the idea of someone, just like the idea of Sonic being like the meet cute between a very attractive person meeting another very attractive person. And there's also a um a comedic relief character. Yeah, and that would be that would be his his fox name Tails <laughs> or Miles per hour. I, oh, Miles per hour. Uh, and it's the runt. It's like the runt of the litter, and like he takes care of it. It's a it's a freak of nature who had a uh, had three tails instead of one, and uh, also does not eat chili dogs because again, that is 
absolutely crazy. Why would you do that? <laughs> it's insane. It's insane to give a hedgehog a chili dog. That's our main thing. <laughs> that's that's we, the, the it, consistent like, line of thought here. Isn't this supposed to be a cryptid podcast? <laughs> yes, I just wanted to talk about my small mammal son. That's okay. No, I, res- I respect that. I honor that. But also... It just, <laughs> I just want anything but what they're putting out right now. Because it looks like it's going to be nothing but disappointment. Well, but also, it's a trash fire that I definitely want to watch. It's like it's kind See, of like change- a, it's like a really awful car crash. Like you don't want to look, but there's something something about the impermanence of life and disaster that just really draws you to it. Yeah, I would compare this to a car wreck, one that like catches on fire and explodes, but after the people are you know taken away from the car talked about sonic about as long as we talked about this cryptid <laughs> um so well, you see sonic is just as important if not more so as this cryptid i mean this this cryptid does not eat chili dogs nor does it have red sneakers or is blue so really what's the point anyway back yeah. to sonic as always <laughs> as always with events like these it wasn't long before the press got wind of the weirdness and came in full force it wasn't until uh, McDaniel's second report that the media frenzy like really kicked off. So apparently, apparently, just hearing like something walking down a train tracks that night, like kind of just like you know, just kind of walk in, doesn't seem to be in a hurry or anything, is enough to get like local Illinois press to go into a frenzy. Bear in mind, <laughs> like, this is this is a uh, this is pre Stand by Me days. So the um the act of walking down the train track hadn't been popularized by River Phoenix and company. Um, so it was seen as pretty subversive, pretty cutting edge and edgy, um, to do this, I guess. I don't know. I made that up. I mean I wonder if they have a I wonder if they have a story about like every like every weekend about someone slowly walking home from the bar. Well probably slow news day. Yeah, it's like this person was walking home after they got drunk. They didn't do anything. Front page news. They just kind of walked. <laughs> Area man walks home while drunk. So, White County Sheriff. By the way, that is White County. I was just wondering, like, is it just the guy? That, is dead. And predictably, it is a, a, a white cop. So. So I think this might be a double barrel description. So it's white, a, a white county sheriff, and then a white county sheriff, as in it's white county, but he's also a white county sheriff. Um, Roy Pichard Jr. was so perturbed with this sudden influx of press and curiosity seekers. He threatened to incarcerate McDaniel if he did not stop inciting panic by spreading his wildly terrifying tale. Imagine if he said that to the kid. Listen here, you little shit. I know your sneakers got shredded, but if you dare say anything about that slimy monkey thing that you keep seeing, you are going in the slammer. You're going in the clink. Goddamn jailbird. I'm going to put you in... I've got to put you in jail. It's going to go on your permanent record, nine-year-old kid. Sobbing. (laughs) To make things worse, well-armed posses of immature monster hunters began patrolling near the uh, L&N railroad track sightings. On one uh, such expedition... Uh, five men allegedly had a run-in with the creature identical to the one Garrett and McDo- uh, McDaniel encountered, with a notable addition, as they described the thing as being hairy. It was like this is everything you just point to it being a, a wild animal that unfortunately somehow got tangled up in this. Yeah. So. The men discovered the beast hiding in the underbrush and proceeded to open fire at it, but their bullets were unable to cause mortal wounds, and the monster bolted off quickly. 
yeah, they didn't hit that at all. I already know it. Or they just shot at a at a bush that was like moving, and then like like a cat ran out or something, like or something ran out of yeah. it. Like a, a a big rat or something. Maybe they were crying too much so they couldn't tell. Yeah, the one of their eyes were crying because they're so terrified. Yeah, they, you know, just I can understand. It's pretty scary being out at night and seeing a cat or a, I don't know a, a a stray dog running about and you know existing. I can understand. I that. mean, I cry whenever I see stray cats and they and they come close to me. But that's just me crying when I see cute animals. Honestly, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm like, I mean, I hold my cat like at least once or twice a week while crying because I'm just like, I love you so much. Oh, that, that's me with my dogs. Very good. I know, like you know, who doesn't who doesn't cry while holding their pets? I mean, well-adjusted people definitely do that all the time, Roan. I mean, you don't need to tell me twice to preach to the choir, my boy. I know, we're both two really well-adjusted people who cry while holding their pets. That is 100% a thing that well-adjusted people do. Get off my back. Counselor that I'm not saying right now. Imaginary counselor. Get off my back. Don't want to talk to you right now. Our session isn't even for next week. The final eyewitness to this improbable creature was this improbably named person, Rick Rainbow. I love that. The news director of the radio station WWKI in Kokomo, Indiana. He and three other unarmed individuals claimed to have seen a gray, stooping, five-foot-tall creature lurking outside of an abandoned house not too far away from Garrett and McDaniel's home. Getting taller. (laughs) Well, I mean... You know, it was stooping before they saw it still up. Like, oh, yeah, you have a real bad scoliosis and, you know, it hurts standing up straight. Just having a good pain day today. Uh, Although they did not get nearly as close uh, as an encounter as the previous sets of witnesses. Rainbow and his crew did manage one thing that the other ones did not record. The monster's disturbing scream. <laughs> so it gets really weird after this. I'm not joking. Really fucking weird. It has one of my favorite lines I've ever like. What my f- let me. What are my favorite quotes that I've read? Like ever is going to be coming up soon. <laughs> I've traveled to it. This is not it, by the way. I'll tell you. I traveled to Enfield, interviewing the witnesses, looking at the siding of the house that the Enfield monster damaged. Heard some strange screeching, banshee-like sounds, and walked away bewildered. I love that. Like I was just reading that, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's kind of it's, it's so like mundane. Like you go to this place where this, you know, these cryptozoological." happenings have been going on and you look to the scene of the crime then you hear something screaming and you're like yeah I'm gonna go uh, clearly my work here is done a uh, little bit confused gonna go to the bar bye guys it's just like I love the the yeah. the, the finite nature of the fact that you it they just walked away. They just left. Like, get evidence. Get evidence. Even if you get attacked or something, that's still yeah. evidence. Don't just leave. Like, get something. Well, you're supposed to be like a, one of these experts. So, so uh, that was a quotation by noted cryptozoologist Loren Coleman, a person who I talked about before when I talked about Spring Hill Jack. Oh. I should have had you undo you when that happened. I should have had you on because that's a a very strictly um British cryptid. Yeah, I'm Spring Hill Jack. Spring Hill Jack. Um well, if you listen to that episode, I hope that you enjoy it because I think it's one of my best episodes. I mean, it would have been made better if I was on there, but that's that's fine. 
I mean, right. I mean, it's whatever. I'll have I'll try to have you on for another strictly British. Oh, please do. We don't really have cryptids, so that's the thing. They're just they're not really a thing here. It's kind of ghosts. And I- Ireland and thing. Scotland has some. Oh yeah, like the Loch Ness monster, but that's basically just a log. Uh, so yeah, Lorraine Coleman uh, arrived on the scene to investigate the claims as well as this, uh, as well as the sound recording. He also heard the haunting cry of the creature while searching in the area where witnesses claimed to have seen this thing. So basically in uh, McDaniel's backyard. There's just, just a lot of people around. just stomping yeah, around. Yeah, he's just hanging around, like, kicking over the, um, one of the kids' tricycles. Uh, like, pulling up weeds. Doing a bit of gardening while he's there. Might as well make himself useful. So, um... In the July 1940s, uh, 1974 edition of Fate magazine, Lauren Coleman and Jerome Clark both featured explanations for the uh, Spring Hill Jack. They featured the infilled, mon- uh, the infilled horror with a article entitled, tired, entitled Swamp Slobs Invade Illinois. That's no way of co- that's you don't you don't call people uh, call people from Louisiana sl- swamp slobs. That's just rude. Invade kind of implies that it wasn't just already there. It's not like not just there hanging about. It sounds it it sounds like it lives in an abandoned house close to uh, Garrett's and McDonald's land. <laughs> that's what it sounds <laughs> like. It's a McDonald's town. It sounds like it has a house somewhere, <laughs> and everyone was just. Everyone just doesn't look up the public records. Be like, who owns that house? I don't know. It's someone with like three limbs and uh, oh. big eyes. And we heard he uh, he moved from Florida. <laughs> so Coleman even chronicled discussing the intriguing intriguing case with the famed paranoia uh, paranormal investigator, as well as best-selling author of the Marfman prophecies. John A. Neal in his book Mothman and Other Curious Encounters. Who can forget uh, this guy? Famous Mothman uh, investigator. This reminds me of an exchange with Neal. Or Kiel? Kiel. Yeah, Kiel. In 1974, when we were discussing the new reports out of Illinois from Enfield, on April 25th, 1973, Mr. and Mrs. McDaniels returned to their home, and Henry had an encounter with the thing. It looked like it had three legs, two pink eyes as big as flashlights, a short uh, sh- short arms on about a four and a half uh, feet tall, and short arms on a four and a half feet tall. So it had a gray body, it was four and a half feet tall, and it was on some railroad tracks in front of his house. Uh... Years later, Coleman would contrast the infield investigation with another he he conducted uh, <laughs> regarding a legendary creature known, uh, sorry, as many assumed was from an alien origin, a melon-headed <laughs> monster known as the Dover Demon. Again, Ooh, I have a name. We might we might talk <laughs> we might talk about that at some point in the near future. Very excited about that. And by that, I mean, like, I, no one's chose it. So, you know, if someone wants to hear about it, like, choose it. And then we'll talk about it. So here's my favorite quotation, Mark. I've A uh, quotation I've read. The infield horror was my case investigation. Much more different than the Dover demon. However, it was more of a combination of phantom kangaroo, devil monkey, and swapping uh, situation. <laughs> Just really, I'm I'm really tired of these people. Just not like I'm I'm a person. I have an identity. Like you can't just keep saying stuff about me like this. It's really rude. Just inconsiderate. I think you, I think you should. I think you should uh, talk to Lauren uh, Coleman about this. I mean, I think this is libel. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's just. It might even be hate I speech. Think it is hate speech. It's just. It's phobic in one way or another. Um, 
Yeah, I'll definitely write response for that. Um, the Enfield Horror comes out. Uh, it'll be kind of like a, you know, um, the really highly produced um, interviews that people have when they're like yeah. uh, revealing stuff on the news or whatever. It's going to be those kind of things. We're going to have like a really expensive suit. Um, I'm going to be interviewed by uh, somebody and have a really expensive bottle of water next to me uh, with the with the label uh, spin towards the the camera because so, they're they're basically paying for um, paying for sponsorship and whatnot. You know how it is. Other investigators suggested that the monster was associated with a spate of UFO sightings that allegedly plagued the region during the same period, and those with a more supernatural bent asserted that this beast, with its tendencies to be aggressive towards humans and try to break into homes, that happened once, all the other times they just saw it walking <laughs> around. This is racial profiling at this point. I think it is. Yeah. It has all the earmarks of a classic demon attack. It's also the classic demon. It's also the e- e- earmark of a classic raccoon attack. So, like, are we all. Like, you know what? Before I feed my cat, he's aggressive towards me and will try to break down my the, uh, the bathroom door whenever I'm not feeding him. Well, Does that mean he's a demon? Well. I don't didn't want to say anything, but probably. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm okay with that. <laughs> honestly, I have no I have no problems if he is or isn't a demon. He's too damn cute. That's how they get you. I know. Well, that's literally how cats got us, though. They basically they basically were just like, "Yo, feed us, and we'll sometimes do something for you and lay on you." And we were just like, yeah. "Okay, oh, cool." Oh. Like a good trade. It does. I mean, it's a pretty good trade. Because, like, I pretty much have a roommate that, like, sleeps on my lap every once in a while, and that's It'd it. It'd be kind of a lot more weird if uh, an actual human roommate did that. So I think it's preferable just having a cat who I does mean, it. If I had a roommate that was as cute, maybe. Yeah, I think it really does work on a, a cute basis, doesn't it? They have to be really cute. Like, maybe if, like, my kid, like, if I had a kid, that'd also be okay. Like, I feed them, but then sometimes they just fall asleep on my lap. I'd be okay with that. And maybe, like, a really cute man or lady. Perhaps. But you have to be really cute. It's kind of the working out the semantics of it. It's just easier to have a cat. It's just easier to have a cat. Like, just have a cat. Like, they tend to be, you know, pretty low maintenance and... um. And sometimes they fall asleep on you and purr, and that's pretty good. Yeah, and it's like, oh yeah, I, I want, I want some of that to be honest. Maybe a dog though, because I generally uh, like dogs a little bit more. Not to get controversial or anything, but I'm more of a dog person than a cat person. But I do think cats are very oh, I cute. Just, I will say that. I, I like having a pet. I like having a pet that is almost not a pet. Just a roommate. Because, like, for the most part, like, I, I want to have a roommate that, like, sometimes I pick up against their will and, like, you know, shake them around and kiss them and say how much I love them. And sometimes I just cry while holding him. To be honest, I, so. I feel like that about my dogs, because they're pretty, um, well, I mean, they're very pretty, but they're also pretty independent. They kind of just do their own thing and they, like, hang out with me by choice rather than me kind of, uh, expecting them to like bend to my will i do go and harass them very regularly but i think they they, they do tolerate it they're, they're pretty solid this would not be the first time that it's been suggested that there was an apparent et slash occult connection really hmm while the phenomena is not directly related um a primary witness, uh, witness in the uh, Northport Devil case, Michael Rowley, also claims that the creature that uh, a creature that has been skulking around the house that he shares with his son in the West Florida community of Westport 
I mean North Northport are well, both an extraterrestrial Florida. Let me get finished. Sorry, sorry. Let me get let me get finished with this one because it's it ends in a pretty good uh, pretty good phrase. Are both extraterrestrial and demonic in nature, making them in effect aliens from hell. Just is is this just basically is this basically just the plot of Event Horizon? Uh, <laughs> sure. I mean, I don't know. So let me just break this down. I know we talked about Sonic for a little bit between, but like the information here is basically like some dude saw a thing. And a bunch of people are just like, hey, where's that thing? It's definitely alien from hell, I can tell you that. Well, that's, that's just confirmed, isn't it? There's no deba- debating that. No debating it at all. So. So, do you want... Uh, so, let's get into my second favorite segment of this okay. of the show. Can they get it? Just did a bad thing. I regret the thing I did. I have a, I have a very uh, simple question for okay. you. Okay. Can it get it? Can it get okay. It? Well, I think I've been imagining this thing as a basically a stray animal. Pretty much everything, if if it even exists, rather than it just being like a. a random kind of made up thing that everybody jumped on for some reason um i've pretty much just think been thinking about it as a stray animal or like a mangy animal so on the basis of i don't want to fuck a stray animal it can't it can't get it i'm sorry so i'm gonna be i'm gonna be more generous than you because um you're a uh you'd probably put on your profile um it's it's not racist it's just a preference <laughs> um <laughs> don't you say that <laughs> don't you tell me with that brush how dare you <laughs> so um i'm gonna say that hmm let me take a pit let me take a quick look at the i'm gonna say no but only because I don't like the placement of its third leg. I'd prefer if it had two back legs and one front leg, but that's not how it is. It's just it's also, false advertisement. <laughs> I know. Like, you know, how is it going to be, like, stable that way? Like, what if it needs to pick something up? I thought you meant emotionally. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That's also what I meant. I like really stable people. You know, people who have like, you know, broad stance. Yeah, and you know, hard to knock over. Economically quite stable. Uh, has its own house. It does have its own house. It does live in the abandoned house. So that's, that's a, that's a, I guess that's a mark in its, uh, in its favor. But also, it looks like a, a, a nasty hairy baby from the, um, the picture that I'm looking at. I do, I do like that it has big eyes. Like big eyes are something that I do like a lot. I mean, that um, in that general, it, it gets to a point though, doesn't it? Big eyes. They... Well, I mean, I, I mean, again, like you know, I, I'm I'm more openly minded with my dating preferences uh, than you. So listen, not to to. Uh, cross reference or anything but uh i did say that i would um i would i would very happily go on a date with a, a kaiju on another podcast so don't come cuz i like i like them twinks I like them tiny boys yes and t- and tiny androgynous ladies like way too much i like them tiny just just so i'm going to say no just, oh no i'm not i'm not into it it's not I'm I'm not uh yeah it's not my brand not my brand and also also just in general a lot of these are going to be no already but you know sometimes you could sometimes someone could convince me I'm I'm just gonna say yeah. you know what I'd be friends with it maybe take it on one date I'd be friends yeah it's, it's kind of thing where it does it didn't work but 
you kind of, you found something better from it, and you found a friendship. Yeah. So, so it's not like my date that I'm having with the, uh, with the male Kelpie, the Scottish name that's impossible to say. Um, because, you know, that one, he's just going to look hot, and then, you know, he's going to, you know, as soon as we see some water, he's going to get all sticky and run towards it. So he can, you know, drown me and eat everything but my liver. And, you know, I, I, I won't get much no. out of that one. But, like, I'll get, I'll get a lifetime of friendship from the infield monster. Also, what it, you know, what's cooler than a demon from hell? I, I don't think much is. Um, I mean, a lot of things. A lot of things are, but you know. being a being a cool friend is a uh, is cooler than that, and you know you get the best of both worlds with the Enfield horror. Yeah, well, let's get to my favorite segment: make it sexy slash make it YA slash just make a story. Uh, the segment where we make a story about this scripted to make them. Famous or hot with the day's youth. Gotta make it, uh, so, make it sexy for the uh, millennial and Gen Z pop- population. Well, well, they don't necessarily need to be sexy, but that's one way to do it. You know, like, you know, sexy werewolves have been a thing forever, but they should not be sexy. They're they're mostly wolves, and also, I'm pretty sure it's bestiality. This is true. Um, and also, if you have sex with a vampire, that's necrophilia. So, you know, but you have to make them hot. Sometimes. You could just make a story, though, that makes them, you know, famous. Like, what, uh, what Ponyo did with fish. I mean, if you, if you do look at the, um, the, the, the mother of Ponyo, she's, she's, she's very pretty. She's, you know, I'd let her murder me. We're not talking about Ponyo right now. We're talking about the infield monster. And one thing I want to do for sure, Roan, is I want to make this kind of like a horror comedy, leaning more towards the comedy, much like a Tucker and Dell versus Evil. Oh, yeah. And the infield monster is the best friend of, of a human, of a regular old human. And the infield monster is like the large adult son <laughs> yeah, of. He's basically the large adult son of the, uh, the horror family. Uh, so and like both of them are hanging out, and they go up to hijinks. It's kind of like a um a monsters kind of situation. Yeah, and I think. Uh, like I don't know, I don't have a good story to form around it. I just want to know. I want it. I want it to be a horror movie, like a comedy of errors, but involving um this three-legged creature so, that could jump real good. He, he can jump real good. So, hmm. so he he moves to this town. Um, he used to have a. Uh, he, he he was going to go to college for like on a sport a sports scholarship for for jumping the sport of jumping, um, and that fell through for one reason or another. Maybe um something happened in the family where he had to uh, cancel all his college plans and then it just kind of never got back to him. It's been ten years. He's approaching thirty, and he's like, well, I've got I've got to get out of this um. Situation. I've got to get out of my hometown, so he moves to Enfield. Um, again, I will stress that his name is Barry for this. So Barry moves to Enfield. He just kind of all the the hijinks get up to that, and he's just a, he's just a guy trying to navigate the world. He's trying to you know get a job, uh, do his shopping, but just. Life and fate is just getting in the way, and he accidentally finds himself to end up being the um the subject of a uh a kind of cryptid hunt, I guess. And he just kind of how he navigates that. That's my idea. Oh, and I think I think uh, definitely 
uh, there's going to be tons of yep. hijinks where where Barry, uh, the the large adult son, is trying to like be like, "Hey, I'm, I'm just a dude that looks weird to you," yep. but it always comes off as aggression yeah, because uh, he had he had a speech impediment, oh. so In, maybe, maybe. Also, the 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 incident that made that made him famous. Um, he was trying to he was trying to tell them that like another monster was trying to attack them, but they couldn't see them in time. I don't know if there are any. And they just I don't saw know if him. There are any other Indiana cryptids? I'm just looking it up to see if there's a kind of a a, a villain that we can have in this. Cryptids of Indiana. There we go. Unavailable due to legal reasons. Awesome. Uh, thank you, Article 13. There's a crawling man of Michigan City who looks terrifying. Um, genuinely very, very scary. Um, but I don't think he's goofy enough to be part of a, um, like a horror comedy. And that's the only two, apparently. That's good. Oh, so apparently there's just a snake called Monster Snake. <laughs> Thanks, me too. There's a, the Green Clawed Beast. Apparently they just didn't want to uh, give it a name. It's just just a description. Um, Mill Race Monster. And that was around the same time, actually. Um, it was 1974. They just... <laughs> It just looks like a turtle. It's just it's just a so, guy. Yeah, let's say it's that. It's uh like that that creature was like kinda it was just like, yo, you're gonna get hurt by this thing and and you know it and then everyone was was like, No, I hate you. Also, can I borrow then, a cup of sugar? And then he gets shot. And obviously he's going to like react badly. Like why did you why did you shoot me? Why? Also, why are you crying? Stop crying! You're making it bit- out of one eye. <laughs> How are you doing that? So yeah, I think this is going to be like a comedy of errors, yeah. basically. Definitely, a, and um, uh, a Dale kind of thing, or um, the other uh, cabin in the woods kind of things gonna have a, a lot of like dark comedy vibes to it i i will stress that it should have like a, a comedic sidekick um kind of thing i think i think it's just gonna be i think it's just gonna be like one of their neighbors like became friends with the infinite yeah. horror please barry it's barry and Barry, sorry, Barry. One of the neighbors became friends with Barry, but every time he talks about it, it's just like, oh yeah, you saw that monster too? So it's like, no, he's not a monster. He's Barry. He's pretty cool. <laughs> it's just, he's Barry. So. He's chill. Like, what are you doing? It's the only kind of, the only voice of reason in this. And maybe like its house is like real, like real good. Like it looks weird and haunted on the outside, but like on the inside, it's it's just a very well decorated like, house. Uh, there's like a bless this mess kind of plaque and uh, throw pillows. Um, he has like a cat. And he's like, oh, he has a live. He has a love li- like live laugh love. Thank God. Yeah, yeah like, like it's just like a real basic. Like a real basic, mo- like, like the most basic type of person you could have, but it just looks weird. Yeah, he's like he's a nice guy, he's a normal guy. I think he just needs he he just wants friends. I think that's kind of his the long and short of it. And he's just it's like it's a movie that's trying to you can tell he's trying to have it be like a coming of age kind of. Um, uh, friend comedy, um, but it's just like for everybody, literally everybody else involved. It's a horror, so they they kind of don't get him. Kind of, if you know, uh, very much an I'm just a kid and life is a nightmare. 
and also I have three legs and I'm a nasty slimy grey boy. No very Midwest emo. Oh, Midwest emo is like some of the best emo though. True. That's true. Like they truly have nothing except for their sadness. And really um, at the end of the day, isn't that all we need? Yeah, we just need someone to be real sad. Well, here I am. And a cat, of course. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, let's get to plugs. What do you have to um, plug? I don't, unfortunately don't have my own podcast. Maybe someday. Um, but I have a Instagram. And that's my art Instagram. I'm an artist. Uh, first and foremost. Um, and my Instagram is called Pocket of Almatak. So that's, uh, Pocket of, and then A-L-N-I-T-A-K. Um, and I'm also part of an artist collective in the UK, um, called Occupy Without Notice. And that's all one word. Um, we recently got back from a, an arts festival in a place called Stroud which I'm sure nobody in um, the US will know. But um, definitely worth checking that out. Um, I've got a tag um, for it um, in my Instagram, so you can go to my Instagram and then go to the Occupy Without Notice Instagram from that. And, you know, we're doing a lot of projects, and it's, like, very community-driven stuff. It's, It's very, very cool. Um, in my opinion, it's probably lame to everybody else, but like, it's just something that's really fun and quite experimental. And definitely, if you're interested in art, if you're interested in um, engaging with the community and like repurposing the idea of art and where art belongs and what art can be, then definitely check that out. So my name is Jesse. I have two other podcasts. One that's definitely out by now. Uh, it, that is uh, called Limited Theories, where I talk. Oh, sorry, that's the one that's not definitely out right now, but will be soon. It's uh, Alphabet Flight. Uh, Alphabet Flight is where I talk about Marvel characters three times a week. That is thrice weekly, um, in alphabetical order from the official handbook of Marvel Universe. I also have one that's going to be out fairly soon called. Uh, Limited theories where we cover limited series uh, of mostly Marvel. And uh, the first one will be Cosmic Ghost Rider, the surprisingly poignant and heart string pulling comic that it was put out last year. So this has been, this has been uh, creepy critters and uh, you know, maybe you know, if a guy's just like walking on the track with his three legs and his two arms and big pink eyes, like, you know, just let him walk home. Be very Bye. big.